Welcome back to Sailing in the Mediterranean podcast. I am sore today. I am tired today. I am worn out today. And this is one of those days when I'm glad I've got a desk job most of the time. My body aches. Had an exciting weekend. I went up to the summer home. Elk season started on Saturday. So I got up to the summer home on Friday. As I pulled into my home, there were about, probably about 10 duffy grouse, or what we call blue grouse, sitting on my porch right around my house. So I shot one for supper. Actually, I didn't have it for supper. I froze it, and I'll eat it later on this year. And then later on that evening... I got in my Land Cruiser and drove up on the hill to where I know I can spot elk if they happen to be around. And as I got up there, I saw a cow and calf elk heading up the hill. And and then about a half an hour later, I saw a whole herd of elk come through with one bull and about 11 cows heading south, heading towards the valley to head down for the evening to feed And the next morning, I got up at 6 o'clock, went up, set up, got ready. Had a couple other friends up there that were hunting as well. They had bull permits, and I, of course, had a cow permit. And they got their bull, and I got my cow, and I'd never seen so many elk in my life. We had probably, oh, in the next two hours, probably about 50 cow elk go by, and I saw at least four bulls go by. I didn't take the first cows that went by because they were too far away. As it was, my shot was about 300 and, oh, about 350 yards, so it was a long shot. Use a 30-06, and I spent the rest of the day cleaning the elk, quartering it, and getting it down on ice and I am not a young man anymore and it was it was way up on the hill it was at about a 45 degree angle it was very difficult but I skinned out the tenderloin and the back straps harvested the liver the heart the tongue pretty much all the usable meat that was required to be gotten from the cow of course the tongue the heart the liver are not required to be taken when you're hunting but the quarters are and sorry about that background noise. There's an ambulance going by outside. I'm sitting at my desk and ready to do a podcast for the day. Anyway, I'll be butchering the elk later today. I called my friend George up after I shot the elk, and he came up and helped me haul it off the mountain. And I sure appreciate his help. Doesn't have much to do with sailing in the Mediterranean, but thought I'd let you know what I've been up to lately. I got an email from that 10-year-old kid in Prescott, Arizona, and I wanted to write you back, and I have lost your email address, and I can't find that email that you sent me. So would you send me back another quick email? I want to give you a copy of the first course, the seven-hour, six-minute course that I've put together for the ASA 101, the basic keelboat certification. I finished that up. I've been working very hard at it the last two weeks. I finished it up, edited it up, published it. It's out there and available. 
and you gave me the idea, and I wanted to give you a free copy of it. You told me in your email you've already passed the ASA 101, but I would like to get your feedback on it if I could, so I will give you a copy of it. Now, for the other members of the audience that have any interest in this, and I'm not sure if there's that big of an interest in it, I've got it listed for $29.99, and that's for seven hours and six minutes of audio instruction. It covers pretty much everything except for the on-the-water test that you need for the ASA 101. That's the American Sailing Association Basic Keelboat Certification. This is the first test you have to pass before you go on to the ASA 103 and the ASA 104, which I'll be working on later on. It's listed for $29.99 to the members of this audience, the first 30 I will give a 20% discount to. If you go onto the website, you will see the menu tab right at the top next to home, Learn to Sail Audio Lessons. And if you click that, it'll take you to the outline of the course, the table of contents of the course, what we cover in the course. And if you click on that, it'll take you to a service called Gumroad, which will let you download it. When you go to the checkout, for the first 30 of my listening audience, if you type in the word at checkout, the coupon code MEDSAILOR2014, all in lowercase, it will give you a $6 discount or a 20% discount, so it'll drop the price down to $23.99. Had to do my math there for a second. All right, I thought it might be fun since I'm trying to educate you as well as entertain you to do a couple quizzes. So I went on to the U.S. Coast Guard site and I said, give me some of the rules of the road, questions and answers. So let's do a couple, a couple quiz questions, see if you can get them. This is, I'm just going to start right at the top and work my way down as the, as the podcast progress. So here's the question. For both international and inland, a towing light, that's the question right there, and here's your choice A, flashes at regular intervals of 50 to 70 flashes per minute, choice B is yellow in color, choice C shows an unbroken light over an arc of the horizon of not less than 180 degrees nor more than 225 degrees, or choice D all of the above. Well, the answer is choice B. In both international and inland waters, a towing light is yellow in color. Let's just go on to the next question. For both international and inland, vessel A, a power-driven vessel, underway sights vessel B, which is a vessel underway and fishing as shown, which statement is true? Vessel A must keep out of the way of Vessel B because B is to port. That's choice A. Choice B, Vessel A must keep out of the way of Vessel B because B is fishing. Choice C, Vessel B must keep out of the way of Vessel A because A is to starboard. And choice D, in this case, both vessels are required by the rules to keep clear of each other. Well, the answer is choice B. Vessel A must keep out of the way of vessel B because B is fishing. So he's constrained in ability to maneuver because he's fishing. 
All right, enough questions. Just thought that would be fun. If you have any comments and you want me to continue this, drop me a quick note. Just use the contact form at the website or directly at franz, F-R-A-N-Z, at medsailor.com. But put something in the subject line like podcast comment. Otherwise, I get a lot of junk mail, and sometimes I may delete it by accident. All right, let's get on to what I'm going to talk about today, and we're going to start talking about the Cocladus Islands. This is the next section. We've gone from the Ionians through the Corinth Canal into the Saronic Gulf, and now we're in the Cocladus Islands. This is this is this is sailing in the summer in July and August that I don't recommend the beginning charters take on. The weather patterns are difficult because of the Meltimis. But if you're an advanced sailor and you want to try the challenges of dealing with the Meltimis, just be advised when you head over to the Cocladus, it's easy to go downwind in a Meltimi and miserable as can be to go upwind in a Meltimi. So plan your trip accordingly. And you can charter vessels. I think you can charter them in Santorini. I think there's a charter base in... Well, there's, I think there's charter bases all throughout the Cocladus. And if I were to choose a charter base and I wanted to sail in the Cocladus, I would choose a charter base at the south end and work my way north, knowing that the prevailing winds are going to be from the north, blowing south. So at the end of the trip, when I'm trying to get home, if the Meltimi comes up, I'll be able to slide home in a downwind sail and not have to try to fight my way upwind. So for that reason, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did, which was chartering out of Athens, Kalamata Harbor, out of Athens, and sailing south. It was a long haul to get back, to bring the boat back, and that was a long time ago. So my suggestion would be to charter as far south as as you can find in a charter base. And I think there's, well, there is, I know there's a charter base in uh, Peros, on the island of Peros, that would be a good one to get to because that's right in the heart of the Cocladus. It's a good spot to be in. But I'm going to start talking about a few of the islands. And I'm not going to make it too long today because I'm still recovering from playing too much and I have work to do at the office. But let's start off with the island of Kia. Kia is going to be the first Cocladus islands you would be able to get to from Athens. It's the closest island in the Cocladus chains to Athens, and it's not too far away. You could easily get there in a long day from Athens, but probably a better way to go would be to stop at Cape So Union or Lavrion and spend a night there. I've got Google Earth up so I can look at it while I'm talking today. And let's see, I'm going to do a quick distance, a quick path on Google Earth, and this will be in statute miles. Well, let's see, let's just change it to nautical miles. From Athens, in one day, it would be about 38 nautical miles to get to an anchorage in Kia, a well-protected anchorage in Kia. Probably a better choice would be to just head down to Cape So Union and anchor there for the night, or if the weather's unsettled, 
duck around the corner into Olympic Marina, which is just around the corner from Cape So Union. Cape So Union is a spectacular point. There's a Greek temple there. I think it's to, the Greek temple is to, I can't remember. Let me see if I can zoom in here and see what it is. It's right out on the point. It's a spectacular temple, and you can go in your dinghy and go visit it. Yes, the Temple of Poseidon. It's well worth the stop and well worth the visit. So that would be my recommendation if you're sailing from Athens, Kalamata Harbor. If you're not, if you're sailing north and Kia is one of your stops, let me talk about Kia. Been there several times. I think I've been there a total of three, maybe four times over the years. The main anchorage that you're going to go to, and they actually have keys that you can tie up to, and you can get water and I think electricity now as well, is in the little town of Warkari. It's on the northwest side of the island. It's very well protected. You can rent scooters there, and it's well worth doing it because there's some nice places to visit inland on the island. There's the Cora way at the top of the hill that you'll be able to see as you're pulling in, and it's, it's a delightful Cora to walk around. There's also a monastery on the north coast that you can ride a scooter to, and it's worth a visit too. I rented a scooter and rode all the way around the island. There's another anchorage on the west coast of Kia, a little farther down, called Corundurus. But it's just a little beach, and there might be a little taverna there, but it's a good anchor spot if you want to get away from it. But really no nightlife and not many choices as far as tavernas go for you. Where at Vorkari, there's a lot of different places to choose from, and it's got a little more nightlife, and it's pretty delightful. I enjoyed it quite a bit when I've been there, the few times I've been there. On the northeast side of the island, there's a little anchorage you might be able to use. It's called Spathi, S-P-A-T-H-I, and it's just a beach there, so you'd be anchoring in beach. It's protected from the west, the north, the northwest, but it's open to the southeast. So if the winds are coming from the southeast, that's not a good place to go. Vorkari, by the way, would be good in all weathers, all-round anchorage in all weathers. There's another little anchorage farther to the south that are really only good in settled weather. I'm not even going to mention them because I've never been to them, so I don't want to be mentioning something that I haven't been to. But if you look on the, on the charts, you'll see a couple of them. A lot of them are just too deep for anchoring. They look like they'd have great protection, but either the bottom is rocky or it's too deep. And that's what you'll find in a lot of the Cocladas Islands. The island itself is a pretty brown island. Not a lot of green on the island, except where there's little canyons where water runs down through. I rented a scooter in Vercari one time, and... I rode it up to the Cora, and I got a flat tire. I didn't know what to do, but I just started coasting back downhill. It's pretty steep coming back down, so you can sort of almost get all the way back down. 
Along the way, there was a tire shop, a little gas station with a tire shop there. I just pulled in there. And, of course, the tire had been destroyed because I was riding on it without any air in it. And the man at the tire shop fixed the tire and just called up the scooter company, and they paid for it. I didn't have to pay for it. So I thought that was pretty honorable of the scooter company to take care of me that way. Next, next island to the south is Kithnos. And I've been to Kithnos only twice. And it's not an island that really holds much appeal to me. It's, it's landscape is almost out of this world. It's very, very, very barren. I anchored one time, and this is about three summers ago, at Apokrisi, A-P-O-K-R-I-S-I, which is on the northwest side of the island. I'd come over from Poros, sailed over from Poros. This is with Dave and Rosemary, Dave, the man that smashed his finger in Poros. And we... Uh, we're fighting a pretty strong wind. We were trying to head directly to that anchorage, but we just couldn't quite beat into the wind that tight. So I ended up sailing pretty much to the south end of Kithnos, and once I got there, fairly close to the island, I started the motor and just motored right up the last little bit. That was a smart move because I was somewhat protected from the waves by doing that, and if I'd tried to motor straight up all the way over it would have been a lot more miserable. As it was, it was nice because we saw the entire west side of the island motoring up, and it was really a bizarre landscape. To me, it felt like a very bizarre landscape. At the anchorage, that was one of the few anchorages that's, well, it's about the only anchorage, quite honestly, on the west coast of Kithnos that you can, t you can drop an anchor in. There were probably about six other boats in there at the same time, and another boat that had sailed over with us from Poros was there as well. We had actually got on their boat and had drinks with them the night before, and they were already there when we got there. Sandy bottom, pretty good holding. I think we anchored in about 30 feet of water. Decent holding, but really, I think there was one little taverna on shore, but nothing else. A lot of people like to go to beaches. It was a beautiful beach if you're a beach person, but I'm not a beach person, so it didn't really hold much appeal to me. The main ferry port on Kithnos is also on the west coast of the island, and I've been there in a ferry, but I've never been there in my boat. When I pulled in there in a ferry, and this is when I was stuck in a Meltimi, and we decided we'd take the boat down to Milos, because the Meltimi was blowing so hard we wouldn't leave the marina. It did not look particularly interesting, but you can visit it by ferry if you want to. Now, there's only going to be one other island I'm going to cover in this podcast, and that's going to be Seraphos. I've been to Seraphos several times, and, and I enjoy the island. It's got a very good harbor, a very well-protected harbor, and the name of the town where the harbor's at is Livadi, L-I-V-A-D-I. Ridden out Meltimi's in that harbor. In fact, on my website, if you look at the banner at the top of the website, that is the marina. Well, not the marina, but anyway, the key 
at Lavadi, and I took that photograph one year when I was waiting for the Meltimi to die down. It's got a Cora as well, and it's worth taking the bus up to the Cora or renting a scooter and going up there. I haven't rid around the island any more than that. I've taken the bus up to the Cora, but I've never rented any scooters and ridden around the island. If you like beaches, there's a lot of beaches on the island. And there's some other anchorages that are easy to get to as well. I've walked from the town in long walks and walked down to beaches that looked like they'd be very nice beaches and decent holding in the right conditions if you wanted to go in there to drop your hook for a lunch stop. Those are three of the most western of the Cyclades Islands. The next one south of Seraphos is Sifnos, and then the next island to the south of that is Milos. We'll cover some of the other islands in the next podcast. I just wanted to get a quick podcast out, let people know that my instructional audio material was available now, and I am looking for people to interview. If you want to be interviewed, if you have a company that has yacht chartering services or other services that sailors would be interested in, or just have some good stories to tell about your adventures sailing in the Mediterranean, please go to the website, fill out the guest information form, and I will get it, and we will schedule a time to do an interview. I haven't done any interviews in quite a while, but I do know that there were some people that contacted me this summer that wanted to, and I've lost those emails as well. I've been debating just before I close up this podcast, I've been debating on putting together a charter trip and just inviting guests who listen to this podcast that might be interested in joining me to to go on a, tri- a trip together. Now, it could be in the Mediterranean, or it might be more fun in the middle of the winter to consider going down to the South Pacific or Thailand and charter a boat. Now, I've chartered in Raiatea in in the French Polynesian Islands in the past. That was a long time ago. That was my first charter trip. It was beautiful sailing, wonderful trade winds. I wouldn't mind going back there again, but I'd probably even prefer to go somewhere else, like the Bay of Islands in New Zealand or around Phuket in Thailand. That might be fun, too. If anybody has an interest in doing that, I'm just sort of trying to get an estimate if there really would be a demand for that or not, drop me an email. Let me know. All right. Thanks for listening, and I do really appreciate the comments you give me in the iTunes directory.